0: In deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Pucks in deep. Bless you, boys! Young men expressing themselves.
1: Unbelievable!
0: Pucks in deep. Put it in deep. You know, getting pucks deep, putting the puck deep, put pucks in deep. You can never go wrong with getting pucks in deep. Just put the puck deep. Getting pucks out, getting pucks deep. Pucks in deep. Pucks in deep. Pucks, in deep. Puck deep. Puck deep. pucks deep, pucks deep. Keep getting pucks deep put it in deep. Mike Ross here,
1: public address announcer for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're listening to the Pucks in Deep podcast with Adam Lesko and Josh Coleman. All right, everybody, welcome back. Pucks in Deep podcast. Episode 92. Michael Nylander?
0: 92 or 91.
1: Might need a fact check on that one, but we are back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Let's go. You walked in. I said, I'm not in a very good mood today.
0: And I laughed.
1: And said, nor am I. Nor am I.
0: <laughs> what have we got ourselves into? I guess that's the risk you run trying to do a podcast on a Monday, and... Right after we got, like, a bad news Friday, news dump Dougie there. News dump Doug. News dump Doug. And then, uh, yeah, it's just gotten worse, really. Like, we're on a hockey podcast, wanting to talk about hockey. And there's not a whole lot of hockey going on these days. I mean, a lot of shit been happening on and off the ice over the past couple of weeks since we last spoke, folks. Thanks for tuning in. But, uh, yeah, things are falling off really quick. And you got to assume, I guess, one of the first things to go although it hasn't been announced, is going to have to be NHL Olympic partic- participation. Um, well, oh, it just can't happen. feels like no surprise at one. Now, now, logistically, I, I think that bled into our last discussion about it. Logistically, it seems in, almost impossible, given the fact that the NHL has postponed all these games, screwing up their own schedule. There sounds like they're going to need that time, either for a reset or to make up for a lot of these games. You know, I was wondering, too. I thought,
1: geez, you know, bad mood podcast. Is that good or bad?
0: And I I was like,
1: you know what? We've done it before. I feel like it could be good. Yeah, we've done it before. (laughs) We've done awkward podcasts. We've done angry podcasts. We've done like, please hear our side of things, I guess, (laughs) kind of podcast. Generally, it all seems to go pretty well, but let's give the listeners a chance to maybe kind of sit there and you know, sympathized with us or perhaps, you know, that's not a great term to use, agree with us maybe or <laughs> get something off their chest while they're listening to, you know, our podcast while they shovel the driveway or do something, drive around. Why are you angry today?
0: <laughs> I think a lot of people are pretty angry about the same thing. And it's just the, I guess, uh, lack of progress in the whole pandemic situation. I don't think we have to delve in the details. If but you, you know how live it aff- around here, you know what's up, but you know how
1: it affects everyone differently, right? Like you and I briefly touched on like why we were angry and my, and you laughed at me because you're like, Oh my God, dude, your anger is just <laughs> such first world problems. And I, yeah. I agree totally, but, totally. but that's where I'm at. Like I am in a first world problem, where everything's fine it's just yeah. like the pandemic is not fine so we we all kind of relate to a different thing and I sympathized with parents of children especially right. young children like their lack of ability to go out and do anything or have their their sports or their leisure activities you know even things like like singing lessons or violin lessons or tap dancing like th- you know something that no you have. get nothing you get nothing what do you and, get for Christmas nothing you know, well <laughs> maybe you can tell what happened to you but you were you went from here to zero, you told me. Oh,
0: yeah. Big plans. Like, three weeks ago, booked this nice (laughs) trip for my my wife for Christmas. I'm all stoked. (laughs) Haven't been anywhere in a while. Like, you know, we did go on that trip out west, so I I guess that's not entirely true. Right. But, like, hadn't, you know, been in the city or anything, so I make this nice trip, train run, fucking hotel rooms, all that stuff. And then, of course, you know, regulations come out today that are basically, like, everything's closed, so don't don't even fucking bother over in Quebec. So, that... Sucks because I had five days before Christmas and I got jack shit under the tree. Jack shit. But at least there's a there is a very acceptable excuse. Well, built, of course, and why. a super thought that counts. And oh, babe, Christmas is just about spending time with one you love. <laughs> that's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> Fuck. So for you, it's Christmas, uh, and the the you know your your gift being ruined or affected, as I'm sure many people are. I do see a lot of comments I've had on a lot my of bad Christmases tickets. The last few
0: years, and I'm just uh.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Ugh. Mine is, uh, you know, this is where you laughed at me for first world problems. <laughs> Mine is fantasy hockey. I am oh God. so, I am so sick. I couldn't
0: imagine if I. I'm so glad I didn't play sick this year, and for oh, this reason exactly, oh man, so the COVID glad. terror that it wreaks on your league. Dude, because last just year brutal. it sucked too, and but it's even worse this year. Right?
1: I feel like it's worse. I feel like 100% it is worse. Now, I don't know. I can't really really remember how fantasy went, and I know there was lots of this
0: and that. Well, I know it's the highest amount of players ever in protocol, so I have the statistics as of today, 1 p.m. today. Oh, interesting. 119 players reported in active protocol, which is 16.1% of the rosters. Uh, 23 teams with at least one player. Five head coaches. 42 games have been postponed. 37 in the last seven days. Nine teams with their facilities closed completely. 19 teams... Have no games scheduled until December twenty seventh.
1: And then what though? What's going to happen on oh, December twenty seventh? It's only a couple days away.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't see. I don't see them coming back for a little bit.
1: And I mean, uh, maybe they should just go right ahead and kind of say it. Just admit it. You know, this is not going well. We got everybody in protocol. Yeah. I mean, when we when I say it's not going well, the ability to play the games isn't going well. The players are, for the vast majority, or for the large part, fine. Right. We're, we're, we're asymptomatic or we're or we're sniffles in and, and, and cold like symptoms. Right. It's, you know, I, I mentioned to you before we went to air last year at this time, it was a scary time. Let's go. There was right. there was severe illness. And well, there's no attack.
0: vaccines. Right. Of so. course.
1: Right. Um, you know, so at least this time around, we are putting players in protocol just to protect everyone else, protecting the public. It's the right call. Uh, but, it, it, you know, it's hard to. It's hard to just sit back and be like, well, this is a good thing, you know, <laughs> and like they're all fine. I don't like, They're all fine. They could
0: play. You that bothers play. me, too. is, like, I don't, I don't know how to, how to describe them, but you see them online sometimes, the COVID cheerleaders. They're like, yeah, shut everything down. Everything should have been shut down the whole time for two years. Never should have. A, you know what I mean? Like, right. super like getting off on the negative. I, I don't know how, how to put it, but I. Yes, I, pessimists. I, I guess like okay maybe you have a point maybe you don't but you just sound condescending as hell I guess yeah is what it is it, like you know to, well, I told the government they should have shut it down a month ago and now they're just doing it now You didn't listen to me well yeah like <laughs> uh, yeah it's a big it's I told us all people well that's, that's what, what it is that's
1: what I was just about to say I was people just, love that right I was just gonna say to to bring it back to hockey terms let's go we've had this exact conversation. About the tota yeah. Leaf about, it's true, and they're what, gonna lose. And, and we've and I seen, told seen you it so.
0: in the NHL throughout COVID too. Yeah, yeah, they should. Uh, you know, I saw some of it the other day when they started canceling games. Yeah, they should postpone till after Christmas. And you know, uh, you know, once they do, they're like, good. They should have like, okay, all right. I don't know. What do you run in the health department of the league? Like right. fucking chill. But I mean, everybody has an
1: opinion, and as we've also talked about before, everyone now has an ability to share that opinion yeah. on social media through YouTube, Facebook, whatever it is, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. Like, there's just so I don't much. Know. I
0: just I I like that their businesses. Obviously, they're going to do everything above their power above outside of government regulation to ensure that they can make their product happen. Yeah. Right. They're not going to be like. There's one thing we need to get straight, and I think some people fail to understand it somehow throughout this. You know, we have in this long enough, but no NHL team is going to voluntarily reduce their capacities. Zero, none of them. Right. People are like, oh, well, the Maple Leaf should should uh, should be reducing their capacities because the government hasn't done it yet, and they'll show them. It's like they're not going to do that. Their business model is predicated on people in the seats. Like, you notice the day after that they reduced or um, enlarged the capacities that they they were cramming as many people as they could in there? Right. Um, and also the other thing that came out just
1: just prior to, you know, it kind of happened in two steps. This recent, whatever you want to call it, like the, the restrictions being applied kind of happened in two steps, eh? The yeah. first step was... Um, They reduced the capacity for, you know, venues over 1000 to Mm -hmm. 50%. And the caveat there was, we're also not going to give you any food or drinks. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know which one was worse, limiting the capacity to 50% or telling that 50% that they can't have any goddamn popcorn or beers or, or anything. And I mean, that trickled around, obviously, province wide, right here in Pembroke. The old Jason Blaine concerts, the Christmas concerts, were going off without a hitch. No, all of a sudden, uh, no food, no intermissions at all. No, yep. no food, no drinks, and it's like, man, yeah, that's exactly what everybody wanted: was to go out to a, you know a, a little uh, nice, a nice concert for charity and not have one beer yeah. or one glass of wine or, or or water even. Like they can't give anything away. They said on their on their post that they were going to be selling the the food and the drinks to people on the way out. Oh god! to to, to try and recover Uh, because they they brought in right they brought in boxes of chocolate bars and chips and stuff and they're going to try
0: and sell it to people for a
1: discounted cost on the way out to try and recover their money so like man oh man those are the
0: things that that you know i guess are, are i guess the real problems are things that might sympathize more with it's the small businesses that continue to get screwed and Charities that get screwed and their events screwed over and right. whatever. So, 100%. Yeah. I don't know. Sucks. Is what it is. I guess we're going to, we're just going to keep chugging on. Like, I, you know, I can see and bitch about it much longer, but we've all heard it and we're all probably doing it ourselves. So, well, you know what's too bad is today should have been one of the greatest days because
1: Saturday and Sunday, for me personally and for many other fans around the globe, Saturday and Sunday were epic. Specifically, Sunday, when Team Woods, led by Charlie...
0: Led by Charlie, Okay,
1: led by Charlie, went on a Woods-esque
0: run on a Sunday afternoon. How exciting was that? Oh my God, bro. I I don't know anything about this tournament, this like father-son tournament. Like, is this like a... Is this a, considered like a big deal tournament? Because honestly, it's the first time I've heard of it. The only reason why it's considered a big deal tournament— Or is it because Tiger was playing Two today? things.
1: Well, no, that that from a, a gr- like a grand scheme of things. Right. But looking at the golf tournament specifically, the reason why it is a, a big event is twofold. Number one, the obvious fact. Sons and fathers play together, or in Nelly Corda's case, daughters and fathers— uh, or Anakistoren Stem. Yeah, previously, like it's so neat concept. It's children. Right? Children play with their parents. That is the obvious reason why it's why it's a big event. The other reason, from a fan's perspective, is the only way that you get an invitation to this event is if you're a major winner. Okay. So only winners of majors. Are invited to this event, so it's right. not like it's up for. So graph it's not a big anybody. field
0: of, of guys you haven't heard of. It's Twenty like, major winners. It's got some exclusivity. Yeah, 20,
1: <laughs> 20 major winners and their children. Okay. With a few exceptions, such as what I mentioned with Kelly Norda and her father, and then also, um, I believe it was Bubba Watson and his father-in-law. Okay. Were playing, so there are a little bit. Uh, there's a little bit of leeway there, but yeah, I mean the tournament is uh, definitely not. Like it doesn't count or anything on on the PGA Tour. Uh, there is prize money; it's two hundred grand. So there is there is some prize money uh, up for grabs. I don't know if maybe the, the child gets it if if little John or John Daly the little second. John. <laughs> well, he doesn't he doesn't want to be called little John anymore. But so they had. I heard that talk on the radio today. The guys were talking about that. They said they said his name, like his, the name that everyone calls him, is L J. Oh right, okay. What does LJ stand for? Little John. Exactly, but he was the one on the Wednesday or the Thursday when they had their interviews and stuff. He specifically said to the media, "No more Little John." Right. I want John Daly Junior. or John Daly the second because he's an adult. So on the broadcast, there, well, he's in like post secondary education now. He's in a golf program. I can't remember where. Right. But it's Illinois, maybe or something. Anyways, um, he wants to be L- uh, little <laughs> John Daly the second or John Daly Junior. Uh, but anyway, I don't know why we're talking about fucking John Daly. Oh, did you see him hacking darts? Yeah,
0: yeah. I did see a clip of that. <laughs> That's something I caught, and I was like, oh, of course. And I was surprised and they'd shown it a bunch of times, They too. did. I, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting, too. Yeah.
1: Because y- you know that someone probably said to John Daly Sr., hey, bud, um, do you think maybe, just maybe, do you think you could kind of hack darts somewhere else quick hacks like can, we, we don't want it on tv because my response if I'm you have john the golf daly, cart too yeah he did oh, of course if i if, if i'm john daly my response to that question can you make a concession for us and not hack darts on tv my answer would have been tell the camera crew not to put me on the tv yeah, if i have a dart
0: exactly it's not like he's
1: smoking the whole time
0: well and it's like you know who i am i've been doing this for fucking 30 years or whatever buddy like
1: but i just felt like it, you're right Lesko. i felt like there were there were more than a handful of occasions where they had him on screen hacking. Yeah, I thought that was strange. Like maybe once. Okay, I darn. guess he
0: got more screen time because As they were the leaders, winning, yes, right? Of like course. Uh, maybe more than they would normally. And they keep cutting to him. Like oh, there's uh there's Daly having another dart. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But uh, yeah, so today, like uh, outside
1: of my whole fantasy hockey meltdown that I had earlier this afternoon, where I was just raging, made two pickups: Uko Pekalukinen and Alex Tuck, based on some research that the Buffalo Sabers. Actually, going to play games mm, and then five jump minutes the later, gun there. five minutes later,
0: <laughs> you got to make all your moves like five minutes to game time. I know that five but minutes but, to your but waiver cutoff, but I
1: didn't want to pass up the opportunity to pick up Tuck because I yeah. think when things do start to get rolling again, I think he's a good fantasy option, by the way, for all our fantasy players out there. <coughs> Alex Tuck ready to make his season debut whenever the Sabres get back underway, probably playing L1 and PP1, so something to pick up, but anyhow. Uh, The whole tournament revolved around Tiger Woods at the beginning because it was Tiger Woods playing golf a mere nine and a half months after almost dying yeah, or having his leg fucking amputated. But after Sunday around 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, it completely shifted to Charlie. It was Charlie all day because you know what? We already saw Tiger play. Right. We watched him a little bit in the Pro-Am on Friday, and then we watched – all of Tiger's round. If you're a big Tiger fan like myself, I watched the whole goddamn thing. Told Kirsty, leave me alone. <laughs> I'll vacuum later, you know? Golf pauses for nobody. That's the good and the bad thing about golf. You don't really have any breaks. <laughs> but anyways, I watched all of Tiger's round on Saturday, so that was my that was my intro, like back to Tiger Woods hitting golf balls on my screen, which is a huge moment. And then Sunday, when they rattled off eleven straight birdies, and dude, Charlie was knocking in putts from everywhere. He was walking putts in, and that shot that he hit on the seventeenth green is I, I don't I can't even use a word like it's wild. Ridiculous, insane, whatever hyperbole you want to use, it's correct. Because he, sorry, let's go. He had the shot of the day on the statistically hardest hole on the golf course, and they all played from the same tees. Every competitor, child and parent, played over water to a left-hand pin that no one was going at from 169. And twelve-year-old Charlie Woods, twelve-year-old, no, good. Segue. He's twelve. Twelve-year-old Charlie Woods hit a six iron, I think it was, or a five iron, to three feet, baby fade over the water almost the yeah. whole way, and he had the shot of the day out of twenty major champion winners. He he was the closest
0: at twelve years old. Mm-hmm. He's uh, um, man, he's super like, has that quiet. Confident aura that Tiger always carried. He's Tiger's You kid. know, you can like it. doesn't look shook, doesn't look phased, just cruising around, like making beastie shots. And even that's the other thing, like makes the beastie shots too. And he's he's not like you know they're not high five and they're yeah. not he's not smiling. A little fist pump or whatever. Yeah, a little like good shots, good shot, know, yeah. but expected. Yeah, I, I guess it's it is pretty cool, man, if that kid's playing golf like that at 12. Like, I know. Oh, talk about something to be excited about um, for the future. And not to mention, you know, potential comeback Tiger, because I, I didn't expect to see him playing golf anytime soon. And but he it just goes to show you that his life is kind of back to where it was in his early life, where it is golf and nothing but golf. Right. And now he's got a protege to, That's to right. work on. Yeah, maybe you know someone I mean? to... <clears throat> Keep him focused, uh, keep his, I guess, his his balls on the green instead of uh, (laughs) elsewhere. (laughs) Right.
1: Um, So you had told me that you were interested on a couple of lines involving Team Wood. Yeah, so
0: before the tournament, um, I saw them to win at 1,000, which I was tempted by. But I think the more intriguing option, I think it was about plus 450, plus 500 for them to finish top 10. It sounds like that was, sounds like that was easy money, so I should have taken that one. Um, I was looking at them for the win, but I was like, I, you know, I thought it seems like a crazy thing that they could do. Yeah, but I also said I to agree. myself, but like honestly, like. What, what are the odds they fucking win this thing? Like, it's, it would be pretty outlandish. But it, it was not out of the realm of possibility. Dude, not only was it not out of the realm of possibility.
1: It almost happened, They right? kind of fucked it yeah. up. It's not like they
0: did as perfectly as
1: they could possibly do. I mean, don't get me wrong. 11 birdies in a row and shooting a 57 is about as good as you can do. But you know why it's not? They parred two par fives. Right. Those two strokes get them into a playoff. Right. With the dailies. You know, so... It could have went better, and I loved how after the round, it's like the first thing Tiger says in his post-game interview or his post-round interview, he's like, we left a couple out there that could have got us into a playoff. So, like, you just you know they were there to have fun, and they did, but you also now know that they were there to
0: win. Oh, 100%. It wasn't just – uh wasn't just like a little PR show or something. They no, were there to was, win. They were there to win. And that's what
1: I kept saying to people that would listen to me. I was like, does anyone know So about- if they
0: never played together in that tournament? Yeah, last year. They did last year. Yeah, okay. last year.
1: Now, they finished like 16th or— uh, No, I think it was something better. It was better. I can't remember, dude. I'm not going to try and make myself look like an idiot or, or good. I don't know. But they, did, they didn't They did do nearly as well. Like, they were parring everything. They made two bogeys last year. Right. They made zero bogeys today. Eagles and like, or not today. Uh, this year, like everything had a chance. Man, they they never they were never out of place, and it was a scramble. And for our non golfers, that means we both hit the ball, and then we just go to whatever ball is best. And that's how we, I like we to hit golf. from there, uh, commonly known as a, as a best ball, even though that's not the correct term. But anyways, I digress. Um, playing a scramble, giving each other looks because sometimes. Tiger's shot would be no good, and Charlie's would be amazing, or or, or Charlie would step up and and kind of you know hit one long left. He's upset with himself, and then Tiger would come and just dial it in there. Um, so they were always kind of one off. Help each them forget other.
0: about it, eh? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you Doc, know, better get this one right because Dad shanked it into the woods. That's right. Well, the one thing that
1: I thought was really kind of cute, for lack of a better term, well, I guess it's cute. He's twelve years old, but it was cute when he was like. You could tell that he is super, super competitive, and you can also tell that he really cares because there were several times where when it didn't go well, he was a 12-year-old.
0: Right, right. <laughs> I dev- like, yeah, I was kind of tooting his horn there earlier for be- being, like, quite well collected. But, yeah, there were. Or I saw a couple of those clips there where he was, like, visibly upset obviously kind of wearing it a little harder But even the
1: pros do that And he,
0: and I guess you know for a young guy though like this is his biggest stage right oh. Like this this is his masters if you think about it Dude he's 12 right? years old
1: there was probably he's playing on
0: national television there's probably right Probably 50
1: million people watching Yeah
0: he is exactly like this is a big fucking deal for him where it's like you know for his his dad to say you know it's his biggest deal is, it is to see his son succeed, not as opposed to for himself in his golf game, right? So
1: back when Tiger started first posting a, a video of him like full, swinging a full iron, which was I think November twenty first, yeah, that was a somewhere a th-
0: couple weeks before. Eh? Um,
1: my buddy my buddy and I laid uh, laid a hunch on uh, Charlie Woods to win a major before the age of twenty two. Oh wow! Which which at the time of our bet being laid down, it was plus five thousand, right? And after Sunday, it dropped to plus thirty three. Oh wow! Plus three at, in some sites. Okay. So it dropped two thousand odds, based off one afternoon of watching the kid absolutely not miss. Because his misses were like my misses at the course, and I miss a lot. I miss. <laughs> I miss more than I more than I make. Right. And I'm saying, like, I hit it up there by the green. It's so it's okay, but I missed the green. I I should be putting for birdie, but instead I'm off to the back left. Those were his misses. Whereas I also make misses that are fucking terrible.
0: Like, I'm water.
1: Well, yeah. Or I, or I, or I, I, I skull it and I end up 60 yards past the green or hit it fat and only hit it a few yards in front of me. Like, I'm still a stupid amateur. He did not one of those. There was not one of those in two days of tournament golf, let's go, where he absolutely shanked it.
0: Not yeah. one. That's, that's really impressive. Really impressive. Cool to watch. And uh, it'll be interesting, I guess, whenever he gets to that age where, uh, I guess, you join the yeah, youth tour or whatever it is. So the
1: U.S. amateur, I was looking into this. So he can play the Masters as soon as he wins the U.S. amateur. Right. Which I believe he can start competing in as early as 15. Okay. I think – But it might be sixteen. So anyway, it's 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 pretty exciting, man. Because you got Tiger. You know, we'll wrap it up here. Like we got Tiger coming back now. Obviously, he just showed the world that he can still do it, and he probably will. But then also, we now shift to a new, like a new era of of Woods golf, and it'll be Charlie. And who knows how good he'll be? Like, imagine if imagine if Charlie Woods ends up chasing down his old man's records. He's
0: going to be so heavily tracked too, and there's going to be the all the like the direct comparisons and it's funny because uh Tiger woods didn't have a direct comparable coming up right no that's like right. i know it was a greg norman i think for uh they were comparing him to mostly but other than that he really he really didn't have comparables because early on in his career he shattered so many records and he'd be done doing so much like had performed at an unprecedented level. Well, he
1: played the game a different way. That's why he played the game a different way. He hit it as far as he possibly could and then went and played from there. Whereas up until that point, golf was largely played very strategically. I'd like to hit driver here, but then I'm in a weird area where I have to hit it around some trees. So I'm going to hit a six iron instead. And then I can go over the trees. Now it's like, fuck the trees. I'm just going to blast it up yeah. there. And then I'll hit a snap hook draw. Like, you know, the, they weren't moving the ball quite as much way back in the day left to right as as they are these days. They're hitting, like these days they're hitting low draws, high draws. Like, they weren't doing that as much back in the day. And the, the best guys in the world were the only ones that could do it. But now Tiger just, you know, he kind of took over the game in terms of in, in distance. Now the game is caught up with the distance, but... I don't know. It's going to be really exciting, man. I'm really looking forward to golf this year. It's it's one of those it's one of those sports that it feels like COVID has
0: can't dig its fucking claws into golf. It's easier, right? As much it's easier to pull off. Yeah, yeah. Pretty pretty excited though, and uh, uh, I guess uh, we'll look forward to the Masters because that will take us into spring, so. right?
1: Just bypass the winter,
0: eh? Can we yep. just fast forward? Well, we can't because we have a hockey podcast to do. So. Oh God. Okay. You can't cancel us, COVID. Good luck. <laughs>
1: oh my God! You did not just do that.
0: I know. Watch now. There's, there'll be something, something. I'll. I'll get it. That's what'll happen. <sighs> oh <laughs> no! Bro. I mean, right, if it's so fucking contagious right now that this Omnicromney, then we're all getting it. Oh, so. Omnicromney. <laughs> um, all right, let's hit the ice here. Um, I did want to talk briefly about uh, hometown hockey making a pit stop in Pembroke. Right. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, pretty neat. Um,
1: How neat is that?
0: It's pretty neat, you know, like Rob McClain fucking doing the show down here. But I was really disappointed. So somebody mentioned to me. I got a text from a buddy on a Monday saying, "Hey, did you go down to any of the ho- hockey hometown hockey stuff or anything?" And I said no. And uh, he said, "Yeah, I was just like, it's like uh, it was pretty quiet down there. Like there wasn't a lot of people down there." And I thought, well, "What kind of shit?" And then I realized that the broadcast wasn't on the weekend. Like that's correct. You know, I think Sundays was when they were doing it most of the time before but it always seemed to have like a, a pretty good like national broadcast game like a you know the leaf game or a fucking um you know at least a, a canadian team yeah and this this game was philadelphia versus colorado and so apparently there was like less than 100 people who went down for the actual game broadcast, which was on a Monday night.
1: During the snowstorm yeah. of the century. Honestly. Yeah, right
0: after we had that big snowstorm, obviously all this COVID crap going on. So I'm, I guess I'm not that surprised. So it's kind of disappointing maybe that they didn't get the best turnout or not enough people were able to take advantage of the – because I know they got all these great kid activities going right. on all weekend there. But.
1: And they didn't have it on Sunday because they didn't want to interfere with the Lumber King broadcast.
0: Because like
1: you bring hometown hockey into Pembroke, and your idea is to like I know obviously we know now the attendance wasn't very good, but like the idea there is to bring people out and you know just have an event, have a nice yeah. have a nice fun event. So people already do that for the Lumber Kings game, and so what are they going to do? Have a, an ongoing Rogers
0: Sportsnet
1: right. broadcast live while there's a Lumber King game going on? It like yeah. that's clashing, right? I've so- seen them
0: do that before, so I, I was. Again, I was kind of surprised that they didn't have. Because, say, okay, say they had the Leaf game uh, for the broadcast. Like, wouldn't you, as at least a fan of the Leafs, be more compelled to, like, go watch it on the big screen down there and see any I'd of the be crap less going on. I'd be less inclined. You'd be less inclined, yeah. Oh, I like to watch the Leaf games. Oh, know. well okay, okay. So oh. maybe for more people though, if it was I say an Ottawa game at right. least, like lots of young Ottawa friends right. around here. Right. It might have brought more people, yeah, we'll go watch the game and, and you can play little activities at intermissions yeah. and do all that kind of stuff. So I, I imagine I don't know what the full numbers were throughout the weekend. Um but I just It was the worst. I guess like
1: the worst ever of hockey. It just of it just seemed really disappointed
0: for this this uh Town I guess called called hockey town that, you know, barely anybody shows up to fill the background up at on Ron McLean's broadcast. Yeah, but
1: we're also in Pembroke, Ontario, where everyone hates Ron.
0: Everyone throw, hates We're throwing Don under the bus. Oh, you,
1: you think everyone hates? Oh my Ron? God, dude! Every single person that I even mentioned anything about hometown hockey to. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd like to go down there and say, hey, hey, Ron, <laughs> oh, God, where's Don? You know what I mean? So like, we're we're in we're in an area that. So
0: if Don Cherry was hosting hometown hockey, oh my God, Pembroke, everyone would it would have been a zoo down there. I think so. It Do you not so? agree? I think I think he definitely would be more of a draw. It's guys like you and I who like Ron McLean. But yes. like your everyday guy, your everyday g- hockey valley guy, probably no. big Don Cherry fans. And
1: anti Ron McClain because they still want yeah, Don. And I they, never, they, they, I never they, got that pe- either. Dude, people blame Ron McClain for Don being yeah, that's a bigot.
0: That's just stupid.
1: I know, but that's what we that's the world that we right. that we're in. Right. right? We know that. Well, and there was the
0: whole like I heard lots of people like, well, Ron should have stood up for him and blah. blah. But what do you mean stand? Like, fucking frozen in time there on fucking TV when he was trying to send off the show. Yeah. Like, come on.
1: Anyways, moving on. I got to I got to meet
0: him. Yeah, yeah. I heard that. So that's cool. Got to
1: meet him, and he joined our hockey TV broadcast for the uh, for the intermission. We had a nice, very cool. We had a nice
0: long interview. That's got to be a career highlight, right? The- yeah, it was pretty yeah. cool, man. Um, I was just
1: kind of sitting around on. Uh, what was it? it? Well, it was on Sunday. So it was the the afternoon before the game. And Sunday was the big storm. Like, that's when it really did hit, as you know. Um, but I got a text from a buddy. Yeah, he's, my snowblower he, didn't uh, start. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I got a text from a buddy, and he's like, hey, man, I have an extra ticket for the uh, meet and greet with Ron and Tara at the Best Western. I'm going to bring my boys down if you want to come. And I was like, sure, why not? It's in a half an hour. I'll run in, take a quick shower, and pick me up in 20 minutes. So we go over, and it's just like maybe 20 people in the – well, you know the conference yeah, center yeah. in the basement there. And uh, yeah, Ron and Tara just kind of spoke a little bit. And you know, Jamie Bramberger from uh, MyTV and, and Algonquin College went up and said some stuff. And the sponsor from Hyundai went up and said some stuff. And then it was just kind of a free-for-all. Everyone just kind of went over and, and spoke to the two of them on their own leisure. And I went over, and I had my uh, band's – mask on because you can get the get the logo with the the, whatever mask with a logo on it and when i went over he was like saw the road he's like oh what's this all about like he went right to the mask you know because it's a different mask it's not like the stupid blue one or whatever and he's like what's this all about and i was like oh it's my band and because tara is also in a band i'm not sure if you're aware of that i am and she recorded an album here I did not know that. She recorded an album here with Jordan Zataran's name. No shit. Formerly of the Sam Roberts, and now current owner and operator of Skylark Studios here in town. More on that later. (laughs) Sawmill road, going to be heading in for another original There we go. Um, Anyways, yeah, so we kind of just got to talking briefly about it. And I said, listen, our original song is called Paint the Town. And your slogan for this uh, hometown hockey thing in Pembroke is Paint the Town Red. There you go. That's what they were saying all weekend. was paint the. So you red. tried sell it to I him. dude, I tried. To <laughs> sell it, and you know what was really and you,
0: cool? It's funny because when you told me about this too, I'm like, oh, you got the perfect rinky dink small town band, fucking story and song to play. Like I can see it opening up the hunt. It's the same music that I see people chirping and and complaining about every week. Right. Like who the fuck is this guy and his band? Like you're talking about ten minutes. I was like, Man, you got you got this right. Like I thought for sure But dude they're gonna pick you up. It would have been even
1: better because I have one of my one of a buddy of mine who didn't even know that we had that song. We played it. He was at he was at our show. Uh, at Finnegan's last week I or was whatever also it was, at your show. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we played it there, and then he told me after he was like, "What song was that? Uh, Paint the town one or whatever?" And I said, "Bro, that's our song." And he's like, "Fuck you!" It is, he says, and I'm like, "No, it's our. We wrote this. Like my guitar player wrote the song, and we arranged it into a rock song. It was like an acoustic song before. We arranged it into a rock song, and it's our fucking song. It's on Spotify. Go check it out." And he gets all mad at me, and he's like, <laughs> "Whoa, fuck! Why haven't you told me about that before?" And I was like, "Fuck, man! It's been. I've been posting it. We've been milking it since the summer, you know." And anyway, he was saying like that he was upset because he he thought it was a song that was a song. He told he me. thought he knew what it was, and he, he, he was I, asking
0: you. Who uh, played it? Like, to confirm. Yeah. To his his idea. And, okay. he, and
1: he goes to me, he's like, I thought it was a legit song. I said, it is a legit song. Yeah, what are you talking it? about?
0: <laughs> but I knew. So I, anyway, Ron I wasn't buying what was you're selling. To no, be it, fair, it was like the day before, I right? know. He gave me his email, though. Okay, so he gave you a shot. He tore off a piece of
1: paper, and he gave me his email, and he said, send it to me, and I'll have a listen, and we'll see if we might be able to get so it So what on you the didn't show. tell him, though,
0: is now we have his email. He's getting a fucking couple invites to the Pucks and Deep podcast. So
1: what happened was I sent him the song um, Sunday evening, and then we watched uh, the Lumber King game. He, I told him, I'll see you later in the booth, right? So he, he was in the booth, so we shot the shit with him during the intermission and stuff. And then after after when he was leaving after the game was over because he did the whole game as color commentator for hockey oh, that's or, cool. uh, for my for my TV like yeah, yeah. your TV yeah your t- thanks your TV well my TV well it TV, is yours everyone's um, yeah so when he was leaving I thought it was cool he when he was leaving he was like he was like hey Josh don't forget to send me that email and I was like I already did man
0: like <laughs> I did the second I walked away Ron don't well, worry about no, it No,
1: I came home and I I, I I did the driveway but I sent it. I sent it just before the game started right. is what I did. So obviously he hadn't checked his phone because he was busy being Ron McLean and all. And uh, I thought that was cool. He was, he reminded me to send it to him. And then the next morning, about eight 30 in the morning, I had an email from him, Josh, listen, unbelievable song, blah, blah, blah. He's really, really propping us up for it, which I thought was cool. Um, he said, as a former uh, as a former radio DJ, I love the intro riff, really, gets oh, you really get in. you some analysis, uh, yeah, some he feedback. Did. That's yeah, cool. he did give us some feedback. He said, the, the, the vocals are great. He said, everything is really top notch. And then he said, I think it might work as a show open. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man, what is this guy saying? We're going to open it? <laughs> but like, they already had the whole thing running yeah, yeah, for Sierra out. Levesque the The other local musician, She's a young musician yeah, yeah. in the area, 16 years old. Does the uh, anthems a lot for the Lumber Kings and, and has done them in Ottawa as well for the Red Blacks and uh, the Senators. Senators. Yeah. yeah. So like they already had something clearly produced. They're right. not just gonna fucking drop everything. But
0: saw Benny Roots on there too. Yeah, ben Shout Roots, out Benny yeah, Roots. Roots. Exactly. Great guy. I love that guy. Um,
1: so yeah, uh, but I did tell Ron I would be remiss if I did not tell you that my lifelong friend and I. Adam Lesko run a podcast. It's I, called You Drop me. Wow. Oh fuck yeah. I said, I said we're we're we've been running for, you know, several years now. We've had lots of prominent guests on the show. And I linked them the Hendrick episode. There you go. That's which I thought one. would have been a good one to, to link because Hendrick and McLean are kind of from the same uh religion, for lack of a better word, yeah. eh? Where like the religion of the media, how like yeah, they're they're very articulate and they're very thoughtful
0: in how they yeah, um, that was a good name their, drop. Their also. homework, their homework. Better right. than name dropping me anyway. So. Yeah, so
1: anyway, I already laid the groundwork there. I haven't heard from them since.
0: We didn't appear on the show. No big deal. We'll follow up till we get put in spam folder, Ron. So I agree. Keep your head up. Look out, Ron. Uh, yeah, uh, that was pretty cool, though. I got to say, all, all things considered, shitty about the turnout. Um, but what I heard, though, as well, is that it only – apparently it only, like, went through, like, a few weeks before – Somebody told me that this thing got kind of slapped together and that like the city was scrambling. That doesn't surprise me at all. Everybody was scrambling to get it put together. It was not promoted very well. And, And I wonder if this has something to do with probably hometown hockey not knowing what they were going to do and then tried to jam it as much as they could while they could. Right. Right, knowing that. You know, for how long are they actually going to be able to generate this content? So, there was a
1: nice piece on Sheldon Keefe as well.
0: There was a great During piece on Keefe, and, and, and shout-out Jamie Bramberger too. Uh, you know, he threw together some good productions for the intermissions as well, uh, kind of going over the history of the, the barn there, the PMC, and talking about some of the more legendary events, you know, like having the Canadians there, and the, they did Profile Keefe and had that little – uh, Christine Simpson interviewed. Yeah. Him, I oh, yeah. It, was like, yeah, it, was it was a whole thing. Yeah, it was great.
1: Good, good little five. Minute so they, they definitely so. had,
0: you know, lots to fill it with. And, um, you know, Sheldon's basically our, our forgotten son or whatever. Prodigal son. Or whatever prodigal you want son. To call that it. would be forgotten. I don't know, Come it, Forgotten on. son. <laughs> what is, but I, a banner with his name on it? <laughs> I,
1: would, uh, I would highly recommend our, our listeners, Leaf fans or not, um, it was a great interview and a good piece on Sheldon Keith. But definitely for our Leaf fan listeners, Um, seek that out. I'm sure you'll be able to find it. Sheldon Keefe, hometown hockey. It was really cool. It was like some, some footage of him
0: in the dressing room. Uh, yeah, some and old Crow,
1: and Crows in there. Yeah, yeah. Crows are. Smart. I recognize
0: a lot of those faces because those more like are, our, our age, age right? Yes, like that's when the right. guys were yeah. guys went to school with and stuff. Crow, were Crows, there.
1: Crows in there. And Kiefer is just like, and he's young. Eh? He's got black hair, so you know he hasn't been a Leaf coach. There's no stress. Yeah, in, yeah. Right? And he's like, all right, listen, guys, we want to up, we want to up the pace. We play to our pace and make them chase us. Blah blah. And like Crowser is just sitting there with like no expression, just like he's locked, dialed like, in, he's dialed in. Yeah. I didn't mean to say like he's got no expression looks like an idiot he's just dialed in he's just looking at like kind laser of the ground, focus. laser focus man and like that's uh, I don't know it was it was cool to see because that was also during a, a time when when you know things were going really well here in, in Pembroke Ontario and uh, as we all know at this time of, uh, of our lives these last couple of years we can always look back on some fond memories
0: Right yeah, now. just to get by. <laughs> just to get by. <laughs> just to get by. Uh, let's stick with the coaching theme, I guess, talking about Keith. Uh, here's a question for you. There was a lot of coach movement uh, over the last little while. Yes. Um, you know, the unexpected resignation of Paul Maurice. Uh, Finally, I guess some movement in Vancouver, which interestingly enough, I think last episode we said would never going to happen. Right. Uh, Betting uh, Travis Green and some other front office dummies are gone. Bruce Brugeau comes in. They go on a six game heater. But here's a, here's a trivia question for you: Who is the longest tenured coach in Canada right now? Uh, it's not Keith.
1: Keith has got to be second. And it would have to be Tippett?
0: Negative. It is DJ Smith of the Ottawa Senators. Wow. Yeah. He's been on since May 2019. Sheldon Key was hired in November 2019.
1: Why did I say Tippett?
0: I don't even think that makes sense. Tippett was hired in May 2019 as well. So he was just after DJ. Oh, so it does make sense. That wasn't a terrible was, guess yeah. by me? No, it's not a terrible guess. Oh, post. okay. So within the last guess. two years, every Canadian team has changed their coach. Do
1: you want to hear an audio clip of my favorite new coach? Is it Bruce Boudreau?
0: Is it him as his first presser? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Oh my! <laughs> 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 you want to hear it again. Oh, yeah, back. yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs>
1: oh yeah, yeah. Oh my.
0: <laughs> oh my God! I'm so glad you got that. Oh, that is just gold. That was his first press conference. <laughs> First press conference oh, with, as a Kanak. No, and, fuck. and for those of you who haven't seen that clip, I, I implore you to look it up because, when while he's doing that, it's weird because it sounds like if you if you didn't see it, you would think you like just got punched in the stomach or something. Yeah, but yeah. He's away from the mic too. That's why it's quiet, but he's literally just getting up out getting of his out chair. Of his like chair. He's, it's a dad noise, right? Yeah. You know, when you're like, Oh, mm, oh
1: fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, you make it every time. Yeah. You, know? you don't even have to be a, a, serious... a old dad to make it.
0: I make that noise. Myself I know too. like, Oh fuck. You know, That's what <laughs> something that qualifies as dad noises. though, <laughs> Right. right? Of, like, course, of course. Of course. I, I absolutely love Sitting it. Sitting in the lazy boy. can't get out of it after a hard Turkey dinner. There you go. That's, that's when that comes up. Or, like, you know, you drank, like, probably like four beers without taking a piss, and you're finally getting oh, up yeah. to take that piss. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, fuck. So, that's my favorite new coach.
1: And it would have been, you know, it would have been was one of my favorites. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I agree. I, I really, I really wish we could have brought him on in some capacity.
0: Yeah. It's too bad. And uh, I think he's head coach or bust, though. Maybe. Maybe, you know, it fuck he loves the Leafs. It was funny. a bunch of stuff went circulating around the internet right after he got hired. Uh, some clips of him talking about how much he loves the Leafs. never miss a game and all this, and fuck you want to piss off Vancouver fans? Vancouver fans like I feel like hate the Leafs like more well, everybody does but more than most fan bases. more than some yes yeah, sure. I then I think it's uh like um I don't know a West Coast thing like yeah,
1: because yeah. the East Coast has a bias.
0: Yeah, and it's Media-wise. that. Yeah, and it's that whole like you know Toronto center of everything in Canada. Like if if, if you're you know if you're Canadian, you understand this, but the east and west of Canada's couldn't be more different in a lot of respects. And the west always has this idea of you know whether it's political or sports or media or anything. They, they all they, collide. They get the shaft, right? Yeah, they like they all they, collide. They don't get the coverage. They don't get you know their issues aren't taken seriously. You know the center of Canada is in Toronto and Ottawa and all that stuff. So, um, But, hey, the Canucks responded. A couple of obvious moves I think he made. He put Patterson back on top line and tried to get them cooking. You know, Their big guns are playing, lots of minutes. Brock Bester scoring goals, which is good to see.
1: Bruce, there it is. So
0: I guess to put it all in the context, though, I, I, I don't think they're as bad as their record suggest, and I don't think they're as good as their recent. But given that the fact that they're in that kind of weaker Pacific division – Playoffs are within reach, man. I think last I checked, they were like four mm-hmm. points out.
1: Yeah, listen, the six and O is not sustainable. I don't care what I don't care what team you're. I'll tell you right now that six and O is not sustainable for Colorado or Carolina. Like right. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, know what I mean, yeah. it's six not in, for anybody. Six in a row is yeah. six
0: in a row. I mean, it's a huge streak. I mean, it's what you want to see. You want the team respond, but I mean, we we addressed this a little bit actually. Uh, shout out to the. Uh, Dale and Mike from the Scuttlepuck podcast, where we did talk about this issue at length, about the Vancouver Canucks kind of identifying some of the deficiencies. Um,
1: yeah, why haven't we shouted that out yet? Yeah,
0: just shout those boys out. We did an interview with them <laughs> last weekend. Uh, good show there. A couple uh, boys from the Quinney region, Belleville, Ontario. Yeah. Uh, so give that a listen if you'd like to hear Scuttle some more puck on that. Scuttlepuck podcast. Scuttle podcast.
1: And they've got hundreds of episodes. They
0: have hundreds of episodes. These guys are some serious hockey nerds, so check them out for sure. You can check out us on, I think, their second-to-last episode. Right. Right. Uh, so, yeah, Canucks, 6 uh, 0 under Bruce, 3.17 goals per game, 1.67 goals against per game. That's the one. 31% power play, 83% PK, 948 team save percentage.
1: So, again, all of these statistics are not indicative of the no. big picture no nor, nor are they sustainable but yeah are, some of the percentages on the pk and PowerPoint, maybe that yeah. could be sustainable but in the grand scheme of things it, it is a it is a glimpse into what could be though i think which is the most important part here it's not sustainable it's not a, a, a you know it's also not a flash in the pan i think like you put it perfectly it's a it's a mushy middle of the two yeah you don't think that they're as bad as they were but they're not as good as they have been recently. Yeah. And they're I think we would have said
0: that before. Um, and, and, you know, we like we pointed out on the show previously, organizational challenges, uh, terrible moves from Jim betting, a year over and over and over again. Terrible. Um, you know, for some reason was given a chance to clean it up. And, you know, had they not gone on this, this big losing streak where they were playing terribly and nothing was going right, How how long were they giving these guys? Like I felt like they got put in a position from being this bad this early on the season where it forced Ackley's hand. He had to do something. But if they were playing like 500 hockey, I don't think anything would have changed. Yeah. So if you're a Canuck fan, you're almost glad they were shitting the bed so hard that it forced them to do something. I mean, fire Benning chance but going on for since before there was no fans. (laughs) And dude, you are hundred percent right because I said on this very podcast that I had entered
1: the state of mind where I wanted to lose games so that we could fire Babcock. I want to lose. Yeah. We're going on a road trip. I want to go zero four.
0: Yeah, and I think it's larger than that. It's like how how much of a cooler do you have to go on before the GM and the coach can get sacked? Right, and all it's in one foul swoop, like pretty much. Benning's terrible decision making is like it rivals Peter Shirelli's.
1: It could be worse, dude. So I actually have a I have a list. I have a list. Like remember when Shirelli before we get to your list, remember when mm. Shirelli gave Koskinen the ex, the
0: the extension out of nowhere
1: yeah. and then was fired like 12 hours yeah. later. Yeah.
0: And we could go talk about uh Shirelli right back to Boston.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So like Bennings moves, they rival like the the stupidity of some of Shirelli's moves and it's easy to throw stones from my couch or whatever. I'm not in the game. But like, man, oh man, when it's that wide, that widely known that people are done, and and like, how do you wait so long to pull triggers? I don't understand how it takes so long in sports for triggers to get
0: pulled. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we talked about it before. Like, they, it was such a a lot of people dragging their feet there, and you know, we've always said too. I think we're both kind of on the same page with ownership meddling and how much we don't like it, and. Kind of how it screws things up, but right. uh, here here's one of my, one of my favorites from the list. Okay. Okay. Um, this is on the uh. There's kind of a best and worst list here that I'm pulling some of these from, but uh, this one I forgot about because it was quite a while ago. But Canucks acquire Eric Goodbranson for a fifth and sorry, they acquire Eric Goodbranson and a fifth round pick for Jared McCann, a second and a fourth.
1: Oh.
0: So they gave up more in that trade.
1: And Yikes.
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean Jared McCann. He's
0: been given up on well not given up on, but he's been like moved. Yeah, he's been moved a couple times, right? Florida moved – and then subsequently moved him to Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh. Leaf Legend. Yes, brief Leaf Legend. For Leaf sure. Legend, <laughs> <laughs> Jared McCann. Um, but
1: obviously, like he's a he's a highly serviceable NHL player.
0: Yeah, and I remember I'm gonna turn my okay, heater off. Okay, so uh, interesting thing about Erica Branson. So Eric Branson was a what Fourth overall pick, if I'm not mistaken. So, it's not unprecedented if you look at the price in that context. But if you look at it from like, and I remember at the time too. People were blasting this trade because Gabriel is one of those guys where, you know, you, if you look at, especially if you look at the the advanced numbers on the on him, it really kind of exposes uh, the weaknesses in his game. Um, he was
1: that high of a pick.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna confirm that right Please now. Please confirm I shoot that my mouth because, off. and
1: while you're looking it up, in the in the nature of good podcasting, I'll rant about it a little bit. How can a guy like that be chosen that high? Like, how can everyone different time, man? Oh, I guess
0: that's that's true. He's big, no, that's true. Big defenseman. That's Six true. Five two twenty two. Every okay. time he steps on the ice, that's right. Good first per. round, third third overall pick by Florida, 2010. Okay, so, different time, man. Okay, no, fair. This is when That's fair. this is when being 6 foot 4 was worth fucking 30 goals basically on your <laughs> yeah. stats. <sheet>. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're
1: right. Well, <laughs> it may stop 30 fucking goals.
0: Yeah, well. So, at a different time, right? Yeah. Yeah, just goes to show you uh Okay. Get back to the list. Yep. Off to a good start one, one for one yeah, on, that, on that interesting ones, moves. That one's a pretty bad one. Um <laughs> All right, so we've got some more here. Uh the whole Oh yeah, the whole Tofoli fiasco. Yes. That was a bit of a – you know, it's funny because what went, went from a good story for Jim Benning and the Canucks turned into a bad one, right? Cause they, so they acquire him, I believe, from L.A., if I'm not mistaken, yes. right? Kind yeah. of bought low on him too. He wasn't – I don't think he was scoring too much, and L.A. was kind of hitting the skids, yeah. um, looking to unload some, some money and you know uh, well, recoup some assets. Moving
1: younger players. They move younger players for assets. Yeah, so Assets uh, for assets.
0: So they bring him in though, and how many how many goals did or uh, how many goals do you think they get for him though? Like while he's playing for the team, I have no idea. It can't be many. Well, it was that it was the year of that playoff run, right? Okay. That they acqu- that they acquired him. So if I'm just pulling up his stats here, so bear with me for this second. <clears throat> so. When he played in Vancouver, I believe they acquired him at the trade deadline. He had six goals, four assists, and ten games. So okay. Point he was, he was well, produc- point point per game. Yeah, he was productive for them, okay. too. So if you look at his playoff stats, though, for that year. I'm going to pull that up as well. I'm not very well prepared for this whole Tyler Toffoli thing. <laughs> I forgot it was on the list. Actually, well, you had a nice list. going I know. In. Yeah. Well, the list, but not all the information <laughs> to, to go with it. <laughs> so in that playoff run, too, in seven games, he's got uh, he's got two goals, two assists. So again, you know, good acquisition. Okay, looks good. But what ends up happening to Tyler Toffoli in Vancouver? They don't sign him. No. Like so they. They lose assets
1: to gain someone that just leaves, and and it's not like he chose to leave, right? Like they could have, they could have retained him.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I guess that he chose to leave in a sense, but right, of course. But I guess we have to know the intricacies of
1: the of the negotiations. Was there a contract? If you're going to trade for a
0: guy like that and he does well for you, should you not have a plan? To retain that guy, that would be my plan. You know, basically, a a, a win, the trade turns into an L, a
1: definitive
0: L. Yeah, because he' gone. Because like, if you get a rental and he performs that well for you, which I guess, you know, maybe that was the initial intention that he was a playoff rental. Right. But but you get a guy who who you know clicks and you, and you're. Like, let's be honest, they needed a top six winger. Like, yes, he, he fit in there well, fit the bill. So, yeah, just 10 games, uh, obviously because of the pandemic. So, that cut down on his potential production and his potential return for the Canucks there. Um, but, yeah, he was good once he came back in that bubble year. And then, uh, so he essentially just runs out of time. And then he throws a bunch of money at Jake Vertanen, right after they lose to Foley. Yeah, where's Rich. Jake Vertanen right now? Ah, that one, that one's bad. KHL, that one's bad. And you know what? I can't
1: sit here and and throw stones because I'm in a glass house. Because I'm dating back to the Vertanen draft, whatever year that was. I remember hoping that the Leafs might be able to get
0: him. <laughs> this you is laugh why.
1: laugh now in hindsight. This but is like, why we don't run teams. But either. he was looking good uh in his in his junior years, and he was like I remember him at the world juniors and thinking like shit like the Leafs could use a player like that and he was yeah. he was he was uh, touted to go relatively high ish but I thought maybe in the neighborhood where the Leafs could get him and not and not miss out on another player let's say obviously in hindsight we're very happy that we didn't end up signing him, but I remember expecting good things from him, and I feel like sometimes let 's go like it re- like maybe not just sometimes. It really depends on where you go. Eh, like your career might never take off if you're drafted yeah. by the wrong team.
0: Yeah, it's it's
1: interesting that not to blame them for Jake Vertanen, but just generally speaking,
0: the it's always interesting to see the World Junior effect on draft positions. It's like a make or break for some guys, right? It can put you into the first round, or you know, maybe even put you, you know. Further down the list because you had a bad four games or five games in yeah, the tournament, right? That's so, right, yeah. In a best on best, so I know you're going to shine better on the Erie Otters than you are for Team Canada. Right, of course. It's kind of the way it goes. But uh, yeah, so unfortunately, no Jim Benning to laugh at anymore. We we had our fun and uh, moving on in that department. Um, interesting little shakeup down in Philly. Uh, obviously, not happy with what's going on there. I, fi- I feel Philly is in a They're in a similar position standings-wise and and, uh, maybe expectations-wise. Like, I think Philly probably has a similar mindset to Vancouver where they're like, okay, we just got to get in the playoffs here and maybe we can do some damage. And they were nowhere near there, and they brought in uh, Mike Yo to uh, get rid of uh, Vino and Terrian, actually. The both of them got got canned, right? You know what's funny about that?
1: Mike Yo used to coach Minnesota, right? Right. So... Uh, my thing right now is that – and who
0: ran Minnesota the F- Fletcher ah and who's running Philadelphia yeah. right? Fletcher oh wow so the and and, is this, it, and this is it, well, do they know
1: each other I don't think so because get this though <laughs> okay the interesting thing here is like I feel that Philadelphia is the new Minnesota. Where Minas- oh they're just caught in mediocrity. Can we make the playoffs? Oh, we did. Oh, we got beat in the first round. Can we right. make the playoffs? Oh, we didn't. We finished ninth. Can we make mm. the playoffs? Oh, we didn't again. Fuck, we finished tenth. How about this year? Can we make the playoffs? Yeah, we did. Oh my god, we even won the first round. Lost, lost out like hard in the second round. Mm. Like never really threatening to go anywhere. Right. And also never deciding to sell off and you know recu- recoup some assets and maybe take a. <laughs> take a quick year because those teams I find like the minis minis really good this year. So they may, they may be working on their way up now, but I feel like for, for, a for too long, a period of time, there is a moment where you have to say like, you know what? We could retool in one season. Maybe,
0: maybe if we move this, like yeah. move certain pieces, don't move core pieces. You really got to hit, you know, if you're looking to on a quick turnaround like that, you really got to hit. And I find it seems more often than not teams miss. Yeah, true. Especially if you're a cap team. And, and Philly. And you're trying to go, And yeah. i got to give Philly, like, say, to, to poke a hole in your comparison here, Mini I found was really about, like, little fringe ads here and there, right? Philly seems to be not afraid to shake things up a little bit, you know? Like, they did make some off-season moves. They tried to bolster yeah, that's that true. lineup. They are always Not getting moves. the result. This is what I thought most interesting was there was a quote that I didn't even believe was real. Okay, Chuck, this is Chuck Fletcher, okay? So he mentioned something about, well, you know, uh, St. Louis Blues in 2018, well, they got, they were in last place, and they rattled off a bunch of wins, got themselves back in the playoffs, and, and you know, end up winning the cup. That's a hard I, reference. I think – and that's a that's – a, why are you putting yourself in that – why are you pigeonholing yourself like that, dude? Like – I thought it was kind of weird, but the most interesting part of that whole quote was, who got fired from St. Louis? <laughs> Mike, yo! <laughs> God damn it! I was like, did he? And uh, I would have loved to, to, like, be the PR guy to go, hey, Chuck, uh, you know, if if he had some balls, I guess, he'd be like, hey, Chuck, uh, just not to, not to get you too down about that pressure you just did, but... Uh, you kind of just sewered us. Point something out here. Yeah. Well, by by laying that kind of like, yeah, I think we're that kind of team. Okay, like it's an astronomical reference. It is because the cups involved. But I see his point. Okay, I think we're the kind of team that just needs to find our way in the playoffs, go on a bit of a run here, and and you know, there's no telling what we can do. Okay, so it's leaving open-ended expectations. They
1: lost ten in a row. I told my buddy they were ten gonna, in a row too. And wow. And they lost ten in a row. I told my buddy they were going to rattle off ten and ten in a row wins. <laughs> and then they and how, got how are they, they, they got, doing they got three in a row then they lost to Montreal and then they Ooh, won and then a bounce back win not Montreal no and then a bounce back win after that so if they would have been able yeah. to beat Montreal they'd be working on four or five uh, I think they'd be working on five consecutive now so but that's the Philly way right lose ten win ten
0: I guess And uh, is that better
1: uh, or worse than win one lose one win one lose one win one lose one what's I worse
0: had, obviously the, the, the former right losing, losing ten losing ten but then you win ten like that's Losing 10 games, so that takes like three weeks. Right? <laughs> so being a fan of a team or yeah, a player of a two team and a or weeks, a, yeah. a, a, a coach of a team, that three weeks is fucking that is shitty. But what about the next three? And you're questioning everything. What about the next three? Yeah, but you can't get too high in the next three. You because you just lost 10. You just lost 10. You're still <laughs> digging up, right? That's so true. You're still digging up. It's still the same
1: result, win one, lose one,
0: or win 10, lose 10. It's still yeah. the same but result. But one is way... Easier on your mental health. Yeah, it's yeah. true. A um, couple other quick uh, notes. I wanted to uh, shout out: Joe Ginla's son was drafted ninth overall in the WHL draft. Pretty cool. That is cool. And I, you know,
1: I saw a couple of people were saying like, "Oh, you know, uh, he he gets there because of his name and all that stuff." I, I I almost not almost. I do I do have sympathy for children of star players because they are oftentimes immediately doubted. Yeah. Immediately doubted, unfairly, because, oh, Lesko, you're only, right. you're only here because your dad was a pro yeah. or whatever. You know, it's not fair. Let the, let, let the kid earn his way, and, and if he didn't, we're going to find out real soon.
0: Mm-hmm. So I mean, That's the thing is, you know, your dad, whether he's running the GTHL or he's former NHLer, he's only going to get you so far. You know, he might get you on a junior team. Maybe if 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 he's really you know got some swing, but
1: yeah, because they can bury other, you. But
0: other than uh, like, that, though, like you're not gonna you're not gonna get to the NHL. No. Put it that way, you can't be buried amongst I 750
1: know. other men that only get to. Yeah, play.
0: we've talked about this before. How it's kind of interesting how many players' sons that are in the NHL nowadays, and it's kind of easy to see why. Um, basically a lot of it based on advantages that, that you're going to get from being the son of a fucking former hockey player. Yeah. Um, but it can only get you so far at the end of the day. That's right. So, and I, I you know, I'd like to think, well, I like to think hockey culture has moved past, uh, oh. what's the word, that for, there's a word for this. Um, God damn it, It's bothering me now. Get your thesaurus out. Ugh. Antiquated. Yeah, that that is a word for it. <laughs> there's an actual word for it and i and i can't fucking think of it and this is stupid talk around it then yeah i'm not i'm not even going to say it but what like where the, the i'm thinking out loud is what i'm doing right now nepotism it's nepotism yeah! yeah fuck i'm good fucking wheel of fortune <laughs> <laughs> oh you shit you didn't
1: even give me any letters i
0: know <laughs> nepotism yes nepotism but i guess that only counts if your dad works for the organization so
1: right yeah that's that, well that that, that specifically that specifically means favoritism yeah. So favoritism, yes, in, in some certain degrees, maybe cash money out of the pocket to get my kid involved. And that happens, like you said, all the way up to and probably excluding solely the NHL. You can't yeah. get there on money. You can get there on money because you had the money to put into training and stuff. Oh, yeah, yes. I, I was able to buy the my... Advantages. Th- the advantages. The yeah. advantages. I was able to buy my kid two hours of ice time when there was no ice because I'm rich, right? Yeah. Like, well, that kid has...
0: Uh, an advantage over the other kids who had to try and learn during yeah. the cold months. So there's definitely the advantages ODR. as far as say, getting in a position to succeed and, and make it somewhere potentially. Um, but to actually make it, I, I you know, it will only really take you so far. So wheel of fortune, I will say he's a pretty mean looking kid. Too. He is a mean like looking kid. Considering, uh, uh, considering, uh, um, Jerome was so smiley all the time. Like, it, you know, some of us met to see him recently on that holiday, Hall of Fame induction where he could even wipe the smile off his face. He yeah, just grinning ear to ear, which is great to see. I always love that he, guy. He's very stoic. Uh, but his son stoic. looks terrified. His son looks very stoic. Like, like his son is, what, probably like 16? He looks like he'd kick my ass.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I'd agree with that. Absolutely. <laughs> Your ass. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what else we got here? What son? else do
1: we got the zegris play?
0: Oh man yeah, I mean it's got to be one of the best plays I've ever seen I've ever seen. I haven't probably seen a cooler a cooler goal we'll say
1: and it it means so much more to me because he did the lacrosse pickup right for, He faked the move versus like but that's
0: some depth there, right
1: yeah, so instead of doing that thing that we all do.
0: Which is just the quick little, the quick flip yeah. when you're when
1: you're flipping it to the line. He made spin. it
0: look like he was going full motion. Yeah, to, for the for the lift and wrap, for the lift and the Michigan. Yeah.
1: But instead, he just kind of like serves it up the way I might throw a pancake on your plate, just a soft little push, and then for Milano to let it come
0: down. He was 100 percent ready. You know, so he, it's something they talked about before. He too. lets it
1: come down just below the crossbar, which was really cool. And I loved the reaction after. Like, Zygris is, like, grabbing his head as if to say, like, did that
0: actually just Can't happen? believe we actually pulled it off. He, man, It was interesting, too, because they gave him an obnoxious amount of time. And because if you're the D, you're like, well, he's, he's got to pick a side. He's coming out one, one way or the other here. Like, he's going to make his move. Or he's going to pass the puck here. Right. Right, and then so he goes th- for the pickup, and then you see the D-man start to lunge. Like, oh no, he, no, yeah. no, none of that Jump. here. Yeah, and he, but he doesn't have the puck for more than a second because he he's just flipped it up Float, already. right? Just floats it over, man. Yeah, absolutely stunning, beautiful, love it. Um, torts, uh, Torts doesn't love it. <laughs> uh, that's just that's just Torts for you, right? That's just some dinosaur <laughs> shit, right? Bad for the game. That that was the kind of the weirdest thing. Like, I. Okay, so I think it's a very old, like, crusty old coach perspective. You know why co- coaches don't like it, right? Because the higher percentage play is for you to play it along the ice to your partner in front of the net and hopefully sure. he bears it. Sure, Right? They, want, they always want the safer play. Yeah. Why do you think the NHL spent so much time, you know, rimming the puck around the glass before they adopted more possession-heavy Breakout schemes and retention schemes. But even more
1: so than that, a guy like Torts is still in the old school frame of mind where you are mocking your opponent. Well,
0: yeah, you deserve to get your ass kicked for that. Sure, hit him later then. I think think he's probably definitely on that train. But,
1: uh, like, I don't necessarily agree 100%. Or, excuse me, I said that wrong. I don't necessarily disagree 100% with what he is saying. Like... I'm not saying that I agree with him that it's bad for the game, but I may agree with him where one of your uh, grinder tough guys kind of gives him a shot. Because you know what I mean? You, You can't make us look bad like that. Yeah, they can. I know you can, but what I'm saying is you can't. You're not going to. Yeah, because we're gonna push you around. That's but all. I just that's I don't think, I'm, uh,
0: I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with wanting to push a guy. Around. I don't think the I just don't think the players carry that with them anymore. I agree because that's the difference between if you did it now and twenty years twenty years ago. Twenty years ago, you still had those guys who came up in the late '80s and '90s there was like you didn't you didn't make you a know, move at all. <laughs> like that that little j- fucking JVR through the leg thing that we no, joke about all the time. You didn't even do more. that. No. So, and then it was that whole. You know, you just say Don Cherry mentality. You know, you don't you're you don't showboat and embarrass your opponents and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Last time we checked, the game's about scoring, right? You know what? You're right, dude. I I think I might have to take back what
1: I what I just said because as I'm thinking about it more now, I think I would I would have that thought if it was seven nothing, right? And you right. pulled that off,
0: and like you, it's a terrible night, and the everything's given up. Yeah, so they're... There, I I think there's a sportsmanship aspect to yeah. it. There, if you score another goal, that's fine, but it doesn't need to be that. Yeah, and at the end of the day, though, it's like um, I, I I do put some blame on the, the defending team, of course. They gave they gave them time and space to do that. Yeah. Will another team give them that time and space, probably not. Not after seeing that. No, they don't want right. to look like they don't want to be on that highlight reel the rest of their lives. And my biggest complaint with. Tortorella's
1: point of view is, like, what I just said. The game was not 7-0. I think it was either 1-0 or 1-1. Like, it was it was a, mm. a, an important time in the game. Yeah. They scored a goal. So my thing is what I just said. They scored a goal, okay? Y- y- I don't understand how any play, any play at all that results with the puck going into the net, and it's 2-1 you guys now. Like, why is any play that results in a goal being scored not good. Right. How could any goal scoring play not be good? Right. Unless we're talking about a rule was implemented where you're allowed to catch it and throw it in the fucking net. Yeah, well that's bad. If it's you know? within
0: the rules and like I'm never going to wag my finger at somebody for finding an innov- innovative way to score. A niche legal way to score. Exactly. And honestly, it's the way things are moving. There's, uh, you know, you can't outlaw it. So because we don't have these, where I guess maybe we have less and less of these kind of unwritten codes or rules about hockey or hockey is not run by guys who punch you in the face anymore, that it allows for this stuff to flourish.
1: All right. So let me ask you then. Um, do you think today, December 20th, 2021, Ones and twos and zeros are wild on the board today. Do you think at some point, any point, that we will see a rule that limits or prohibits a player's ability or option to carry the puck on his stick? Yes. Okay. So the reason I've seen some people. The do reason things. the reason why I agree is because maybe you saw me do this last Tuesday because I love to do this. I'm pretty good now at picking it up like the lacrosse thing. I can pick right. it up between my legs and stuff. So I'll pick it up between my legs and do a little fancy spinorama, and now it's on my stick. And now I skate up the ice with the puck on my stick like a lacrosse stick. And if you go side to side – and you move
0: your hands, inertia and gravity and physics. Yeah, you can carry the puck. So I think there, if there's anything we ever see, like say that becomes a, a realistic threat. Like I don't know how fast guys can skate and do that. That's the other thing. I've seen people do shit like that where they carry the puck. So like, how much is a threat? Like when? Well, I When will? When it would be better than carrying the puck? I think almost. I think almost
1: always. You because think you think don't, so? well, you don't have to stick handle. I'm a, right. I'm,
0: ba- I'm not that great at stick handling. But being able to like skate full out while we were maintaining that very, I guess, tight stance with your arms. But you right? don't have
1: to though, and, and I'm, I'm only talking to you from from a field of experience because I'm actually pretty decent at this. Like people right. are like, oh, fucking Coleman things. I don't think I'm a superstar, but I'm actually pretty good at doing this. Right. Like I'll, I'll, I'll skate around with it on my stick. I'll go out to one hand mm-hmm. and then I'll do a quick little spin and I'll, oh, it fell off, but it's pretty good. Like yeah. once you get moving, it's actually not that hard to keep it on the blade of your stick. Yeah. So at some point I think it becomes easier to pick that thing up and wheel around because now I can have a full think, length of my hockey stick for protection.
0: Right. I think the problem is, is that it just becomes, it, it's probably harder to defend at the end of the day. What do you mean? It's just hard. Like, it'd be harder for you to defend as opposed to stick handling. What do you mean by defend? I think because you're limited in your range of motion.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, but you're saying it would be harder to defend the puck? Oh, oh! Like sorry, while,
0: you're, while you have the puck, so like I, defend thought, you, I from, thought you meant like
1: defend against defend me. the puck from a defender. From a, yeah, yeah, you're right. Because right, one
0: little knock and it's falling. Off. Exactly. No, you, that's you true. You've completely lost control and also your ability to change direction.
1: But in some certain cir- circumstances, like I think we will see that come into come into effect. Because yeah. in some circumstances, now all of a sudden you're picking the puck up. Because if guys and are you're, you're, it up, you're, you're throwing
0: it like a lacrosse yeah. ball, and it can bounce and fucking go
1: top cheese. Yeah. Like
0: if anything, I could see it like being a limit as to how long. You can hold the pick. Almost like closing your hand on it now is a penalty. Yeah, like how long can you hold the puck in the air on your stick for? So the Zegras
1: play might be the extent of it because he he picked it up and threw it.
0: Well, it's got to be like it'll be like uh, it would isolate it to scoring attempts, essentially. Sure. Or setups or whatever. As opposed eh? to wheeling around with it and waving your stick around and shit. Because you're forcing a guy, too, to slash your stick. Which Which is a penalty. Which is apparently a lot of the (laughs) times because the sticks blow up. That's right. But it, it is interesting, Lesko, that we're at a
1: time period now, a point in the game, an an era, era, an era, if you will where it's it's totally changing. Like, you just talked about Gabranson and being a, a big 6'5", 220 every, every time he steps on the ice. Like, that was one way. And even way back before, when there was no dangling pretty much at all, like, the biggest dangle you had was a Savardian spin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there wasn't anything, like, that we see today. So, what a shift in the game where now we're having a conversation on a hockey yeah. podcast about limiting a player's ability to scoop the puck yeah. up like a like a lacrosse Talking battle.
0: about innovations in the game, and it's just... It's one of those situations too where I'm like, how? When you see a play like that, like if your initial reaction is to get mad about it, like you're just a, you're just a spoiled sport. You know what I mean? Unless like, you're on the other team, though. I guess. No, come even on. Even still, like I'm sure, surely enough, like I even saw the reactions in some of the Columbus players when that was Columbus. No, sorry uh, whoever it was I saw the reaction of some of the players and like you could tell it was like a buffalo maybe like a, oh my god yeah it was buffalo yeah it was like a, oh my god but also like uh impressed yeah you know you like there's one of those goals where you get scored on and yeah you're a little mad but you're like fuck man that was I think that I was think, sick, I, right? think I
1: say yes immediately from a goaltender's perspective. Like none of the, but well, you know, yeah, the goalies. The goalies,
0: mad. so mad, about really that. mad, so man. mad. But I mean, you could tell, like, some of the players on Buffalo are like, "Well, that's fucking sick." But they wouldn't say that in like a post-game interview. They won't be like, "Yeah, that was sick." Like, loved watching that guy scoring on us like this. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love, I love getting scored love, on.
0: Love standing beside the net watching a guy throw it over while I do nothing.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty sweet, man. And actually, I think it happened the following day or the day after in in some in a junior game.
0: Yeah, WHL. Somebody did it, but
1: but they did the classic. I'm flipping the puck to the linesman. Right. The little toe. Flip. Yeah, yeah. It it worked, but it
0: they dude, didn't have the deceit of the fake fake wraparound. It
1: was nothing. Yeah. Compared to the Zegras play, yeah. because of how that Zegras play even started,
0: definitely uh, it was kind of. Uh, must-see TV that Zegers has been. Uh, It kind of started with the World Juniors last year and and so much. I
1: I would have loved to have clipped some of that, like the Zegers goal, you know, maybe follow it up with Tortorella dropping his dinosaur bomb all over everybody. But unfortunately, when I came home today, I discovered that my puppy, Gus, had decided to absolutely wreak havoc in the house, multi- Puppy life, eh? multiple chewed items, multiple dumps and peas, Ooh. so it was pretty, uh it wasn't great, and then you caught me, you pulled in, first thing I told you, I was in a terrible mood. Good start
0: to the show. But <laughs> I, think, I think we're getting by okay, show. I think we're doing alright. I think so, man. Yeah, we're getting by. We're, I think so. We're turning on a little bit here, it's been... uh I knew it was going to be interesting. It's like last week, if we had done it before all this COVID, we could have saved all the COVID talk and just yeah. talked about all the crazy shit going on. And
1: yeah, it's true. We
0: got this damper on everything and whatever. And well, I
1: mean, we're about ready to wrap it up anyway. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, let's hit a little bit of Leafs here because I did all want right. to talk about that crazy game with the Jets. Oh. Um, is there anything better than beating the Leafs, Josh?
1: Dude, I, I can't believe they, they, they would have done that with cameras and let it go to air. That. I think, like, I would be embarrassed they if po- I was a Jet. I think their
0: own, the team posted it, didn't they? I'd I? be embarrassed.
1: Yeah, the team, I'm, like, I'm embarrassed for like, them. Like, that's, what a loser Loser mentality. mentality. Little brother. That's little
0: brother. Like, that's so, like, oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, it's so the little. The more brother. I learn about Mark Shifley, the more I don't like that guy. I agree. And, or Blake, Blake Wheeler. I don't like any of them anymore. No, the Jets, like, maybe because they're, like, have been. Probably consistently the best team in Canada. While the Leafs have been good, so this rivalry is kind of poked along. And yeah, it's percolating. They got the old Paul Maurice there, not anymore, actually. I should say right. we kind of glossed over that earlier. Um, him kind of resigning, basically saying I'm, uh, I've had enough. And yeah, because he, he saw the fucking
1: he saw the fucking video. saying, is there anything better than beating the <laughs> Leafs? Well, how about winning the fucking cup? How about Mark? winning
0: something? How about winning something, Mark? Yeah, I could, So he, he checks out. Interesting old Paul Maurice. He's been head coach for like twenty five years and or since he's 25 years old, and I don't think he's slept a day since because he, he always looks fucking exhausted. He leads the league in bags under his eyes. And lo- career losses. <laughs> oh, come on, don't do him dirty like I that. I know. I like Paul Maurice. He's a we good guy. We, we know, contributed. We contributed greatly. The Leafs organization <laughs> helped him along greatly. I always talk about that when we the, do bring him the up. the I feel he got the shaft. You know, well, with the team he had here, but anyway, really, what I want to talk about with the Jets is how they're scumbags. Basically, and they he are scumbags. You know, Pionk. is scumb- a rat piece of shit. He's a scumbag. Now, something interesting about this. Oh, I guess the most interesting thing is not only that Jason Spencer got suspended for six games, and we can agree we knew he was getting suspended, right? Yes, of I course. figured three men, right? Uh, well, three max, three max. Yeah, I, I was, was somewhere between like I was two between and three four. and four. So two and five. four, five. Yeah. Eh, really? I, th- you know, I, I thought. And and it was a little bit of the zero rap sheet. Come people, on, and people were really working that in, right? People were like, "Yeah, there's there's no way he gets a lot because of the rap sheet." Well, they and should that, be, and that's actually why they reduced it. That was a big like paragraph in in Gary Batman's explanation as to why as it, they brought it, it down to be. four games. Um, it was interesting because I just didn't see Gary contradicting the uh, Department of Player Safety like that. But
1: had had he even been fined?
0: I don't know. I don't
1: even think he's been fun. I, I knew
0: he had like I think the way they had phrased it was basically that he had no previous infractions or anything Like or, I think
1: the only thing he ever did was be a part of that huge brawl between the Flyers and the Sens. Yeah, I feel like he was He was really a he was unwilling a young guy. Yeah.
0: Unwilling combatant in that one. It was unwilling. Yeah. I I thought it was inter- you know I, I we did talk about it on on Scott when we were on but like I I liked what Spetza did simply because Loved it as a fan. And a kind of old school one. I, I, I guess maybe because I would have done it. I would have been that guy to go. I'm hitting this guy right here, no matter what. Don't care how it fu- unfolds. I'm just doing it, right. And yes. that's pretty much what happened. And that's why he deserved to get suspended. But um, I mean, Pionx, fucking dirty dude. He that is guy, dirty. That 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 neon sandine. And and let's be honest here. Let's 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 take it back to the neon sandine. They call that. Jason Spats doesn't start policing the game. No, I mean, I that's agree. a huge fuck-up, and I know I know Brad Meyer's name's getting thrown around a lot. A lot of people harken back to Game 2 2018 playoffs against Boston, where Naz right. took matters into his own hand. Yeah. Um, but there was another official in yeah, that Yeah, of game. course, yeah. So, like, I, I know everyone's yelling, screaming, Brad Meyer, about Brad Meyer, this and that, but there's two fucking officials out there. Yeah. Either and, one of them could have called it, and neither one of them did.
1: And linesmen can make some decisions on major players. Well, on, a,
0: on something that... I would have thought warranted a major. Every a major. time I see that, you think for sure that what was called on that. And it's funny because I heard a lot of people talking about it after on different shows, and they're like, "Well, well what did uh, uh, Pionk get for the knee?" And they're like, "Oh, I'm not sure. Let me check." Like, "Oh, he got nothing."
1: Yeah, I you mean, know, well, he got suspended after.
0: Yeah, he got suspended after the fact. But zero
1: penalties though, and zero that's penalties. What you're saying, and that's the how the game gets pl- out of hand. Yeah, the players police their own right. game. And what was it the night, the next night, or two nights, na- two nights later? Shifley was need. By somebody, and that player was given a given game, a major, a major yep. and a game misconduct.
0: Well, you know, because the memos go out. I mean, we don't, get, we don't get any sense of accountability with the referees in the NHL. But there is some internally. But let's be honest, it's internal, right? Like, but if I mean, there was any level of transparency, you'd think there would be a lot more accountability than there probably is. But,
1: like, the the officiating in the NHL, the officiating in all sports is always scrutinized, as we know widely, greatly scrutinized. But I feel like, and this is probably only because of my bias, but I feel like the officiating in the NHL has only been getting like worse and worse and worse and worse in terms of being under the microscope yeah. and in terms of saying, you called this, but mm-hmm. you didn't call that. Because with our new ability, our newfound ability with the computers it's in our pockets, in front of us. We, we can see it every second, right? we can right? see
0: the game management taking so, place, so, right? And we, when they fuck that up,
1: so why these men, and I'm sure soon to be women, but these these men are paid, I'm assuming, handsome dollars mm-hmm. to to do their jobs. Why don't the officials ever have to field any questions? Right, and I, I, why is that? Like, I've why had, do you think yeah. that is? Do they want to protect them so that they have? Officials like I would have to imagine that there are officials out there like oh, they don't like, want it, like players, you know, who don't are want it. No, 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 but listen, I, I think there are officials out there who, like players, are itching at a chance to be a big league official. So if they're right. trying to protect the officials because we feel that we don't want to lose officials. Fuck, there's all kinds of them lining up to be oh, officials. Oh, yeah, we're talking
0: about the top of the mark here, right? Exactly.
1: So why can't they sit behind a podium and say, uh, 13 minutes left in the second period, a pretty bad knee. Uh, Neil Pionk on Rasmus Sandin. We, we know he didn't return to the game, and MRIs are under underway tomorrow. Um, what did you guys see there? I'm not saying that they have to be grilled. Why didn't you call this? Why didn't you call that? But why can't they... React real time.
0: Well, just explain what you were thinking in that moment. Yes. Because, like, at least at that point, you can sympathize with them and be like, yeah, oh, okay, like you didn't see it or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's never going to be satisfying to the fans, but say if you're looking at it objectively, you might get something out of there. I think it would right? be
1: satisfying to and the fans, though. We if were- there was
0: any transparency into how the NHL handles this stuff internally, it might make us feel a little bit better. But I think, like you said, like there's probably lots of people looking to be NHL officials, and it's like, is this really the best we can fucking do? Yeah. Because, you know, I find myself more and more, and, and you might be right, it might be a symptom of, uh, of our ability to, to be able to hyper-scrutinize everything, mm-hmm. but like, it, fuck, it's just- In real time. It happens so much now. Like, it just seems so much. I understand the game's faster than ever, and it's really hard to call, but- it's really that game management piece that we talked about before that bothers me and, and when you can tell it got it got out of hand simply because they didn't manage the game as they should. And especially when it centers around calling the rule book is it should be called.
1: Yeah, it's not like they were letting some chintzy slashes or an accidental trip or right. or, or a guy went to lift his stick and, or and behind the, the play. Broke.
0: Like we're talking right in front of everyone's face here. Yeah. Right, the, so the whole focus was on that play, and that's and that's part of why a big reason why I think Spats have got those games too is the retribution aspect. Yes, because NHL does not want you policing the game. No, but I think if you're going to punish a guy for policing the game, I want to know what the accountability piece is for the guy who didn't police the game, resulting in you pull it, trying to. Well, police that, the game. And that's
1: what I'm saying. Put right? them on the podium, hold them accountable. Something,
0: something, or if the NHL could give us anything, they give us nothing. They have no idea what goes on with officials after the game, next day, internally, like, we don't know anything. No. And, that, and you, fuck, you could draw parallels to how the NHL treats officials, how they treat everything else. Oh, well, we police sexual assault internally. Well, how's that fucking going for you? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean,
1: I, I wonder if, as we're talking about it out loud, I'm kind of formulating my own thoughts here. Like, I, I'm wondering if it has anything to do with the fact that, if they were to hold them accountable, the officials, I mean, and put them on the podium, then in in a roundabout way, they are marketing the official, and that's not something that they're interested in. Right. We don't we
0: don't want to we don't want to market yeah. uh, Brad Meyer because I get that, but uh, for whatever reason, there's something to be said for giving your fans
1: like, answers, the
0: opportunity and, and and new fans the opportunity to understand the game better. Yeah, like I feel like hockey has this big like unless you know the game and like. You know, grew up playing it, you're really at a disadvantage for understanding it. You know? Like, aren't there so many? And we talk about so many of these th- nuances, unwritten codes, all this kind of stuff, where if you're a casual spectator, you have no fucking idea what's happening. Yeah, it's true. Oh, even up call. What's that? Yeah, what's you know what do I you mean? What do you like, mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh well, you know, he he called four penalties on the Moreau, so he tra- cross-checked him in the face. He had to let it go. Yeah. Like. Yeah. What? <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he, he had to let it yeah. go. And that's and that's <laughs> you know, I, I I Tim Peel, you know, I love the NHL and I love hockey, but I hate to trash it. But I I have to agree with the people who say that the league will be second rate until they find a way to resolve these issues. I agree because it it just it's too hard for the. For the average individual just to walk in and and, and have any understanding of what the hell's going on. Imagine if you're trying. Imagine you watch 20 games in, first time you ever watched the Maple Leafs, and then you saw that and you're like, what? None of this makes sense. To no, you. the
1: only thing A that. A guy got
0: suspended less for biting someone. Yeah, yeah. guy.
1: Exactly, and I mean the only the the only thing that really makes sense to that casual fan that just walked into the building, got tickets from work, or went with a friend, or something like that, is is goals being scored. Yeah, because I the <laughs> understand. Puck yeah. went in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the horn's going off. But Everyone's the, going crazy. The stuff
0: in between. I don't but know. we don't.
1: But we don't score twelve and thirteen goals a game. Yeah. So that that's not you know.
0: And I will give the Maple Leafs some credit for appealing that suspension though, because I thought it was a waste of time. I didn't think they were getting anywhere.
1: I expected
0: it to be reduced I thought by one yeah. game. just to kind of
1: just to kind of laugh it off. But two games I was actually I yeah. was actually a little bit surprised. They must
0: have calculated that they had enough time cuz a lot of the the reason why they don't allow this is cuz they they make it take so long that it's not worth it. Right? That's not worth it to appeal to these things. You end up si- you could end up sitting out longer. But why does it take so right? long? Right? Because to discourage appeals, I think really that's the only rationale behind it. If you if you look especially, and this is true amongst sports leagues, soccer, hockey, starting from minor hockey all the way to the pros, they don't want you to appeal shit. There's like non-refundable fees for, with, that go with it, and it often takes so long that it isn't worth it. Right. Even if the referee's completely off the wall, you get completely hosed, and you have an argument. It takes too long to make that argument and get the pro you end up setting out three games for a one game suspension. And or costing something. you money. Right. Or whatever. Right. And and why? Because a reversal embarrasses the NHL to a degree. Yeah. Agreed. Like I would say this Spetsa one even, even embarrasses them. Yeah. You know, if it I at the end of the day they assume it means that George Paris and the DOPS is getting their pee pee whack for it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so. man, there's there's still <clears throat> lots there's lots of room for
0: improvement. Yeah. As we So is COVID right. gonna cheat Matthews out of fifty again? Yeah. Sure looks that way. That's sad. We shouldn't end on a sad note like that.
1: Can we end on an angry note?
0: What what are you angry about now?
1: That I think I texted you in my rage the two on one that they blew dead because it was offside and it was onside by a foot.
0: Oh. Yeah, I know how much you like that.
1: It just doesn't make any sense to me and I'm gonna rant about it again. Why are we why are we blowing dead Perfectly good plays when we already have the ability to go and look at it. If a goal is scored,
0: we can go and look at it and take the goal away if it was bad. Hey, they still got to make their calls, right? No, they don't. Because then they're, they're forcing their own relevancy, right? But they're not irrelevant. They do... They, they drop do. the puck. Yeah, but no but Only on their own terms though, when they're ready.
1: But hold on though. It is important for them to be the ones that drop the puck because the referees have to look elsewhere I for know. penalties and stuff. I know. But like they drop the puck, they break up scrums and fights. So uh, you're
0: on robot linesman, like no, I No,
1: I'm do. not on robot nope. linesman. I am on wave everything. Right. Uh, you're that, on
0: passive linesmen, linesmen who care less about getting it right. I
1: just don't want any I don't want any whistles to be blown.
0: So you think on, on so you an think, like, Every like close offside is basically wait. Liney's being a hero. Wave, right?
1: No, I don't think so because you know what? let I will. I will give the official, the linesman specifically credit where so it's what due. What about after the challenges are they, they been make, used?
0: Do they have to change the way they're calling the game?
1: Well, no, I think they just have to change the whole rule and criteria around, around okay. what's a challengeable play and how many times you can challenge okay. a play. It's just, it all brings me back to the worry that I had when they implemented this rule and I was very vocal about it at the time and now I'm being proven right, which normally I love to be proven <laughs> right, but I don't like it Not right in now. This case. I don't like it right now because it's happening. What I was afraid of is happening and I said that multiple times. We are going to start blowing dead perfectly good yeah. plays but not it,
0: start that's been going on forever
1: and it was a it was a it was a shorthanded 2 on 1 for the mm-hmm. leafs and it was a close game yeah and and they blew it offside and i said out loud that looked like it was onside so i rewound my tv and i got a perfect screenshot I sent it to you. Did you email it to the NHL though? I should have. You should, but I got a perfect screenshot where it not only was it onside, it wasn't even fucking close, right, to being offside. Yeah. And he blows it down. And so I'm thinking, how do you
0: how do you solve the reverse issue of the one they just tried to solve? Basically, is what you're you're asking, right? Like, how do we? Well, I
1: just said it. Entries are all good.
0: I guess, but then unless you, it's egregious, dude, yeah, yeah. it has to be egregious. It has to be Matt Duchesne. He's starting to convince me. You're it has starting, to be Matt you're Duchesne. to Get me to come around. Okay,
1: I'm okay with the linesman blowing down an offside because nobody, nobody, nobody saw Matt Duchesne picking his stick up in the offensive zone, and now he has the puck. Okay, but even still, I don't even know if we have to blow that fucking thing down because we can go and look at it.
0: Hey, we could just ban offsides altogether.
1: Actually, I, there is a fairly sizable community. Is there really? That. Would be okay with that because you know what? If you if you want to put a guy cherry picking way down there, you're playing short handed.
0: I had this idea like twenty years ago when I started playing NHL, and I couldn't stand my C- CPUs going offside all the time. <laughs> turn it off. I turn it off every time because every st- time
1: they still stay onside. Like like their their computer generated to want to stay onside, so you can turn the offsides off. It doesn't mean that they're going to go into the offensive zone. Or
0: am I wrong on that? No, would, like would they I, hang I, out? I just always the found like that AI in the games was so bad that it just. Like, I'm not I, – I found it so frustrating to play to blow down because somebody I does not – had no control over skates over the blue line. Right. Or gets bumped over the blue line. Or right. Or, like, uh, oh, God.
1: Like, I don't know if I need to go as far as – We've on for days about I don't that know game. if I need to go as far as to say take off sides like out of the picture or no. whatever. But it just – you know – all the players out there are doing the best of their ability to stay on side, and in some cases, they actually take themselves out of the play to stay on side. Yeah. It, it was a three on two, but I was going to be offside. Yeah, I had to curl. A so I pulled my groin, and now it's a two on two. Yeah. So really, at the end of the day, if he was offside by one inch, does it really matter? Because he actually took himself out of the
0: play. Now we're talking to, real future advances in the game. You I mean. know,
1: I just I get I'm I'm really upset that it happened, and of course it happened to my team. While I was watching and, yeah. and cheering them, happens on.
0: every game. You got to think, right?
1: I mean, maybe. I don't think so. To be completely honest with you, I don't think so. I think it's. I think it is a rarity where the linesman will blow down an onside. There's play. someone
0: to track. Something to track. If you really had spare time in your hands, you would have to watch every game. Watch or like watch like a sampling of games and see how many
1: botched offsides, balls, yeah.
0: botched offsides you can find
1: well they got the like they have the cameras now on the blue line so someone has the reason probably
0: somebody who's doing it like i would I would hope but again that's something we don't know about internal accountability. you know you're,
1: you're right though Lesko, because it would be interesting to know that as of today's date there have been 47. Blown yeah. calls, mm-hmm. and by blown, I mean like physically, they blew the that whistle. Have been. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's unfortunate because it ruins the flow of the game, it limits scoring opportunities. Mm-hmm. And what is the NHL trying to do over the last decade or so? Increase scoring opportunities. So, why the fuck are we blowing down plays that are relatively yeah. close? But unless- the
0: NHL thinks the only way to create scoring is power plays, so yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
1: Alright man, listen, are we wrapping up?
0: Yeah, I think we're done. What do we go How, what do we out here? I don't even know.
1: An hour and a half.
0: Hour and a half. Stop that's, right on, that's right on time.
1: You're right, right it time. is right on time.
0: Alright, Merry Christmas, you fucks. I hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. Dougie Ford Grinch doesn't come in and steal all your fucking presents like he did to me.
1: I loved your tweet today. No,
0: actually it was fresh
1: while ago. I really loved your tweet today. Yeah. Just before we went to air. Episode 92 is dropping this evening featuring two special guests The Grinch
0: and Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, that's pretty much the mood we're in today. So you're welcome for the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Maybe you'll hear from us in the future. Sometime, possibly on the break. I don't know. I got my plans opened up. So we'll see. Plans are
1: open. We do hope. Well, Enjoy.
0: Other than that, we'll talk to you guys in the new year. We'll hammer the hell of the World Juniors if it even takes place, and if there's hockey happening. If not, maybe we'll uh, we'll come up with a new podcast idea. Pucks in deeper. Do you want to like go into like real deep deep dives on deep the thoughts, or do you want to like just ditch pucks all together and we'll, we'll be uh, in deep? We'll be a pan- <laughs> no. We can't talk about <laughs> pandemic stuff. We're just in deep,
1: in deep. So well, that's what your, your fucking tweet went viral. and One of our fans said you're going to leave me. Oh, yeah.
0: Pucks in Deeper <laughs> <laughs> with Adam Lesko.
1: All right. Well, this has been episode 92. That'll be my
0: spinoff when they offer me the, the big deal. Episode 92
1: of the Pucks in Deep podcast is a wrap. Merry Christmas to all. And to all a good night. Follow us on Twitter at Coleman42, at LeskoAdam, at PuckPod. See you guys when we see you.